Bible says in Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. The Bible says that Jesus said that he came to give us life, and he came to give us life more abundantly. Amen. So praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and every day that you give us. Thank you for the, just thank you for the beautiful day that is outside, the sunshine, the blue sky, and, and we're so grateful, Lord, for this day. We pray, Lord, for our service today. We pray that, uh, Lord, you would just bless the preaching of the word today. Be with Amen. Pastor Ethan as he preaches, that you would just use him today to speak to our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would be with those uh, who are watching on the live stream, that you would also speak to their hearts as well. If there's any here or any watching that are, that are not saved, Lord, we pray that you would bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus, that Holy Spirit You'd move on their hearts and that you would cause them to realize that they're lost and without Christ. But there's a God in heaven who loved them enough to send his only begotten son to die on an old rugged cross and die for their sin. So bless as we continue to sing. Bless, Lord, all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you. You can be seated. Take our Bibles and let's go to Matthew chapter 6, please. We'll be in Matthew 6 and 7 today. And so we're back in uh, the series of messages we've been looking at in Matthew's Gospel. And the theme is the kingdom, kingdom living. And that we that are part of the family of God, if we know Christ as our Savior, we're part of His kingdom. And we live for His kingdom purpose. And that gives us a new kind of life and a different kind of life than what we had before. So today, I'd like you to look at Matthew 6 and look at verse 33 and verse 34 with me to begin. And actually, Matthew 6, 33 and 34 were our, or verse 33 is our theme verse for this series, but that's the text that we've come to today. So Matthew 6 and verse 33 and verse 34. Why don't we read it out loud? It's familiar to a lot of us, so let's go ahead and read this passage out loud together. Begin. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I want you, to, I want you to back up one verse with me again. So, now look at the end of verse 33. And all these things, what does it say? Shall be added unto you. Does it say might be added? Does it say could be added? If they would be added. It doesn't. It's a verse with some certainty to it. And all these things shall be added unto you. Look at verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now I'd like you to move forward a little bit into chapter number 7, and I'd like you to look at verse number 7. Matthew 7 and verse number 7. Ready? It says, ask, and it, what's it say? Shall. shall be given unto you. 
Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now verse number eight. For everyone that asketh, what's it say? Receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it what? Shall be opened. Verse number nine. Well, what man, well, we're good actually. We'll read verse nine later. Did you see in all of these verses that there's an element of certainty in the text? You can say yes, that's okay. Did you, maybe you didn't notice it. I'll read it again. No, no, no. I think you got it. Um, there's a certainty in there. And we read these passages so often. And if you're like me, sometimes we read a verse like, Ask and it shall be given, or seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened. We read that, and then we say, yes, but. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We do a, we do a yeah, but. Yeah, but, you've got to understand. Or yeah. And I think what happens sometimes is we rob the passage of the whole point of what Jesus was trying to tell us. He said that if we ask, we're going to what? We're going to receive. If we ask, we're going to receive. And so what I want to do for the next little while today is I want to talk to you about how to receive. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? How to receive. We just came off of a missions emphasis. <laughs> we spent a lot of time teaching on how to give. Do you, does anybody remember that from the last few weeks? We spent a lot of time talking about how to give. But Jesus is teaching us here that we are part of the Christian life is that we are supposed to receive. We are supposed to ask and receive. Now, I knew this was the text I was coming to, and the Lord put a providential encounter in my life this week. And I met a man who is a fellow believer in Christ. Now, at my other job, I had a, a, a conference that I had to attend this week. That's why I was gone in the middle of uh, the week. I wasn't here on Wednesday. So I attended this conference with some peers and colleagues from different parts of the country, and I met a few people there that were Christians. How many of you are, love it when your work brings you into contact with other people who are believers in the Lord? It's just pretty awesome to know that you're not alone and they have unique, a unique place where they work. And it was just really cool. And so this brother that, uh, named Scott, who I just met, uh, he's about 60 years old. And he has been in the ministry in his life at different times. And uh, now he is not, but we just had good fellowship with each other one night. And he said, you know something? The Lord's been speaking to my heart recently, he said, that he says, I think a lot of Christians are just, that we're good at asking, but we're not very good at receiving. And I maybe had the reaction that some of you are having right now. You're like, sounds deep, but I don't really know if I have a clue what you're talking about. Like, I, like I, I, I kind of, I, I instantly resonated with what he was saying, and as I meditated it more and more, and then, of course, how ironic that this was the passage of Scripture that we were coming to this week in Matthew. Well, let me see if I can, let, let me see if I can uh, show you where we're headed today. 
So God has promised in this passage to give us good gifts. The question is, are we prepared to receive? There's a quote that I heard when I was in Bible college, and I want you to consider this. And I've heard this repeated a lot of times throughout my Christian life. Maybe you've heard it as well. And I want you to consider this quote. Pray as if everything, and it's on your handout if you want to follow along. It says, pray as if everything depends on God. And work as if everything depends on you. How many of you have heard that quote before? Anybody's heard it? Okay, so there's hands up out there. I've heard this quote. You need to pray in your life as if everything depends on God. But then you need to put feet to your prayers. How many of you have heard heard that expression? Now, I agree with that. We do sometimes need to put feet to our prayers. But I am going to tell you this concept, pray as if everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you is a very dangerous and unscriptural quote. Just, just, so just in case you are, you're like, oh, nice little quote that he put on the bulletin there. Like, I thought, about, I thought about just putting a big X over it right there. Because that mindset of, well, we give it to God and then we work hard to make up the difference has robbed so many good Christians of the joy of experiencing the gifts that God has for us. Can you imagine if you approached, if you, uh, if you approached somebody, and you, we, we use this illustration for salvation all the time. When we're trying to explain the gospel to somebody, we say, can you imagine if somebody offered you a gift, and instead of simply reaching out and what? Receiving the gift, you said, oh no, I'm going to work really hard to earn that gift. Would it be a gift anymore? Now, we apply that to salvation, to understanding that salvation is a free gift. But did you know that the rest of the Christian life is God freely bestowing his grace and good gifts upon us? And the moment we start to think, well, I'm asking God for this, but then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out and prove that I am worthy of her. I'm going to work really hard. Or I've got a, maybe I've got a financial situation and I'm going to ask God to help me. But then I'm going to go, I'm going to scheme and I'm going to figure out how to solve the problem on my own. You just might actually not receive what God has for you. It's possible to miss the gift because you start replacing it with your own efforts. Now, I know it's kind of a concept that's a little bit hard to unpack at first, but if you're tracking with me a little bit, give me, you know, give me a visual that you're, you're following with me here. Maybe, maybe not yet. Well, I want to show you some things. You see, the faith life that Jesus calls us to is a life of joyful asking and receiving. It's not a life of oppressive demands. Let me get, show in the life of our church, let me put something in perspective too. We just came off of our missions emphasis month, right? We talked a whole lot about sacrificially giving to support missions, didn't we? Now, some of you maybe, God spoke to your heart and you said, yes, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to step out by faith and I'm going to get involved. The minute you do that, remember, we said we're making a faith promise commitment, not a works promise commitment. You see, when you stepped out by faith and you made that commitment, 
Now, you have to choose, are you going to step into your own efforts or are you going to step into the grace of God? Are you going to step in and say, God, I am joyfully surrendered to you and I am just excited to see how you're going to make all this work out. I am just excited to experience the blessing. But I know I've done this in my life. I've said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a good Christian, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to serve. And then all of a sudden, this huge weight of pressure comes on me. How am I going to do it? How am I going to make it happen? How is this all going to work out? Instead of stepping forward by faith in the joy of the Lord, there's a crushing load that comes on me. Anybody ever made that mistake before yourself? Do you know what I'm talking about? And you can apply this in any part of your Christian life. That is not the plan that Jesus has for us. His plan is, I will meet your needs. So let me show you on the back of your notes, let me show you a few quick statements this morning of how to receive as a Christian. How to receive. The first thing, let's just see where we're going. We're going to see that it starts with evaluating our priorities. We're going to experience his gifts of grace. Then we can expect answers to prayer. We're going to enjoy his fatherly love, and then we'll express that love to others. This is the life of asking and receiving. First of all, as we begin, every Christian needs to evaluate their priorities. Evaluate your priorities. Notice in verse number 33 of chapter 6. So back in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. This whole, this whole scripture is this whole, all of these promises are premised on this principle. Verse 33. But seek ye what? Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Is there a promise in the verse? Of course there is. God will meet your needs. God will give you all of the things that you need. But the promise is predicated on the principle that you are a kingdom seeker. Kingdom promises are for kingdom seekers. Let's try that one together this morning. If you're willing, together with me, ready? Kingdom promises are for kingdom seekers. Kingdom promises are for kingdom seekers. So the question here is this, in our priorities, does God's kingdom come first? Now, if it does, if you'd say, yes, in my life, in my motivation, I want nothing more than the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. In fact, isn't that what Paul said? Whatsoever you do, whether therefore you eat or you drink, do it how? For the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. If you could say, if you could, if you could pillow your head at night and say, today, my passion is God's will. My passion is God's glory. If you could say that with a clear conscience and you'd say, yes, I am living for the glory of God. I am putting his kingdom first. But then the question is this. Remember, if, you, if you're doing some self-evaluation, whose kingdom are you living for? Some of us are working on a kingdom, but it's not God's kingdom. As you go to work, is your work for the glory of God? 
Is your family life for the glory of God? Can you say, yes, I am living for the kingdom? Now, from that decision, from the decision to live for the kingdom, to live for Jesus, from that decision, now you can claim all of the promises that he has here. Ask and you'll what? Knock and it'll be opened. Seek and you'll find. From that position, you can claim the kingdom promises. Jesus said to his disciples when he called them, he told, he told Peter and Andrew, James and John, to leave their nets and follow him. What did those nets, rep, what did those nets mean to them? Their livelihood. Their whole life. When they said, when they said, when Jesus called them, follow me. He said, from now your life has new meaning, new purpose, and new direction. So, let's just, before we move on, can you honestly answer that question in your heart right now? I don't know why, but I was really excited about this message, and I, I, if you're new, I don't usually say things like this, but I just sense spiritual opposition this morning. Not from you, I'm not saying that's coming from anybody in here, but I just sense a bit of difficulty getting this across. And I don't know why that is. It could just be that I'm tired, or it could be that this is something important that God's doing in my life, and we, there's spiritual warfare. Because I do believe that if we could get a hold of this principle, I do believe if we could get a hold of this principle, that when the kingdom comes first, God does supernatural provision in our lives. It would change a lot of the direction of our lives. It would change our focus. It would change, it would, it would change the joy we have, what we experience. But, but there, are certain, there are certain blessings that are reserved for people whose hearts are wholly surrendered to Christ. That doesn't mean perfect people. Don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean there's different classes of, classes of Christians. But I mean there are blessings reserved to us when we just say, Jesus You've got this thing. It's not mine. It's yours. This life is yours. This family is yours. This job is yours. This church is yours. It's yours. You've got it, not me. I'm just going to seek your kingdom first. And then I'm, going to and I'm just going to receive. I'm just going to receive. I'm not going to achieve. I'm not going to earn. I'm going to receive from your hand. So begin with evaluating your priorities, and then what happens is you'll experience his gifts of grace. It says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. I would ask, are you receiving? Here's a great question for me to, an to answer in my life to determine, am I receiving from the Lord or am I trying to achieve on my own? Well, here's the question. How much time do I spend worrying about tomorrow? 
Because if in my life I'm spending all of this time worrying, stressing about tomorrow, what does that say about my understanding of this passage? I'm not receiving. I can't, be, I can't be stressed out about tomorrow, anxious, filled with anxiety about tomorrow, thinking all about tomorrow and what might happen and could happen and how am I going to fix what could happen or, or is looking like it's going to happen. I can't be all focused at that and still receiving from the Lord. And I'm just, I, I'm just burdened that I am missing out and you may be missing out on the things that God wants to just do for us in our lives. Because we're not following the simple truth of Jesus here, where he says, just seek first my kingdom, and I will add all these things to you. He says that he'll provide. He says that he will work out the plan. And we will simply experience his gifts of grace. And then thirdly, we can expect answers to prayer. We can expect answers to prayer. Verse 7 of chapter 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, what? Receives, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, when we come to this passage, very often what we say is, Oh, yes, oh, yes, but of course, that's only if you're praying according to the will of God. How many of you, like me, have said that when you come to this passage? Okay, but only if. Now, is that true? Is that a, technically a true statement that I just said? It is. But is that Jesus' point in this passage? Not at all. And we rob the passage of its glory and its assurance because can I say this? If you are seeking the kingdom of God, if you start your morning and you say, Jesus, your kingdom first, guess what will be true about your prayers? They will be according to the will of God. When you walk with Jesus, even the prayers that he gives you, they will be according to his will. If you're seeking his kingdom first, are you going to pray selfish prayers? No. He is going to answer the prayer. You say, well, what about Paul? Didn't he ask? Didn't he ask for that? Yes, and God answered his prayer. And he said, well, I am gonna, you are going to receive, but you're not going to receive a healing. You're going to receive just enough what? Just enough grace. Paul didn't go through life wondering if God answered that prayer. Paul didn't go through life wondering if he had received the answer to his prayer. Paul knew that he had received the answer to his prayer. And if you're like me, we are not praying, we are not praying as if God is going to answer every single prayer. But he said that he would. Jesus said, I will answer your prayers. Ask, ask, and you're going to receive. So you might be going through a struggle, you might be going through a difficulty. Well, first of all, just, just ask yourself, all right, right now, is my primary concern myself or God's kingdom? Now, when you start there, it may change your prayer request. It might just change your prayer request. But from there, pray in faith. After all, Jesus did say that 
you have to pray believing. Say, Jesus, I believe. So, so listen, if you can start there and you say, Jesus, this is going on in my family. This is a situation that's going on. And I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to trust you that you are going to work this out. Then you walk forward from your prayer closet. You stand up from your knees and you say, now I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive. And you know what you'll see? You'll see God meeting the need. You'll see God doing it. Now, I know if you're really conservative theologically and you like these kind of things scare people. They'd be like, Ethan, you know, you're starting to sound a little, little charismatic there. You know, I'm not a charismatic, but I do believe that if Jesus said, ask and you shall receive, there are things that I am not receiving because he promised it. This isn't a, um, well, let's go. So we evaluate our priorities. We experience his gift of grace. We expect answers to prayer. He said, askers' needs are met. He said, seekers' questions are answered. He said, knockers' doors, they are opened. I've talked with a lot of young people in high school or college age, uh, young people, young adults, that will say, I need to know God's will for my life. Well, let me just ask you a question. Are you seeking the kingdom first? Yes, Ethan, I'm seeking the kingdom first. Are you asking God to lead your paths? Yes, then be confident that you've, you're in his will right now. And the direction you're walking is in the will of God. Because he promised. And sometimes instead of worrying, we just need to be receiving. Expect answers to prayer. And then Jesus doesn't stop there. He wants us to really believe what he's saying. So he goes on and he says, well, what you need to do is now, when you expect answers to prayer, you will be able to enjoy the love of the Father. You'll be able to enjoy the love of the Father. Look what it says in verse number 9. Well, what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Now, this is a bit humorous. Jesus is saying, I hope none of you are just a, a total jerk of a father, right? Hey, Dad, I'm really hungry. Go eat a rock. Right? Like, what kind of, what kind of father would you be? Boy, I could really use some lunch. How about a stone, you brat? Right? He's like, no, you don't do that. You want to meet, meet your children's needs. He says, oh, I'd, I'd really like some bread. Would you give him a stone? Or if, if you say, boy, I really loved some of that fish. How about a snake? Like, I just find it so funny, right? It's just humorous. Now, maybe if you live in Louisiana, you serve the snake. I don't know. But, but he, he says, you know, no kid's like, Dad, could I have some, some, some bread and some fish? That was a common lunch or dinner of the day. No, stones and snakes for you, kid. Again, ha-ha. <laughs> Now, verse 11, if ye then, being evil, whoa, Jesus is like, he doesn't mince any words here. He says, you sinners, you even know how to be good parents, don't you? If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, now why is he calling them evil here? Because he's using a comparative statement. He says, compared to God or before God you are all evil, and he is perfect. And if evil, sinful men 
fathers and mothers can give good things to the children. Would you say those three words right in the middle of the verse with me out loud? Ready? How much more? How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? To them that ask Him. I don't know, like I could go around the room and we could give testimonies. What's the burden on your heart this morning? I could tell you what mine is. I, I, I won't. But there's, a, there's something that, that is that I need God to, a burden that I need God to lift in my own life right now. I know what it is. How many of you have got something like that right now? You'd say, I know what it is. Yeah, it's there. Well, maybe what I needed to do this morning and what I need to do is I just need to say, God, you already have this solved. And I don't see the solution. I don't see the answer to the prayer yet. I haven't experienced it yet. But by faith, I believe that you've answered. And I'm going to walk forward in joy. And I'm going to stop worrying about, did I do this and am I going to do that? Listen, I'm just going to walk with the Lord. And I'm going to get in His Word. And I'm going to pray. I'm just going to walk with Him. And I'm going to enjoy His fatherly love. Just enjoy it. Just say, say, God is my Father. And I am His child. And, and there's, like, religion wants to put a, a divide between the father and child relationship of the of the of the Christian and God. Religious systems want to say, no, it's not enough that you are just his child and he loves you. You've got to show him how obedient you can be. And you've got to show him how much you can give. And you've got to show him how much you can serve. And the, the Christian's the response, the Jesus faith life response should be, no, I am accepted by a loving heavenly father. And all of this life experiences experience is just the good gifts from my Father coming to me. He said, but what about what we do? I'll get to that in a minute. But the Christian life begins and continues by grace through faith. Because everyone who asks is going to receive. What do you need to receive this morning? Just enjoy His fatherly love. I thought about a couple of things about that fatherly relationship with God. There's good gifts from a good father. You know that, you all know that, is that Chris Tomlin song, You're a Good, Good Father? It's been overdone like for the last 10 years over and over. But it's a, it's a good, it's a, it's, it'll speak to your heart. If you don't know that song, look it up. You're a good, good father. And he says, the songwriter says, it's who you are. It's who you are. At his core, God is love. That's what the scripture says. And he is a good father. And he accepts you and he accepts me, not because of who we are, but because of who his son Jesus is. And because our faith is in him, he's good. A little bit, a songwriter a little bit further back put it this way. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. 
all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? In his arms he'll take and shield you. Thou shalt find a solace there. He is a good father. Now, to come to that good father requires on our part vulnerability and trust. This is why we have such a hard time. And some of us, some of you in this room, have been wounded by people who were supposed to be there to support you. Don't raise your hand, don't say amen, but in your heart, you know what I'm talking about. You've been wounded by people who were supposed to be there for you. Could have been a family member, it could have been a father, it could have been a parent. Where you're like, God as a father, Jesus says, you as good, you as, as um, being evil know how to give good, you might, good gifts. You might say, well, my father wasn't even, or mother, they didn't even give me any, anything good. And so you offered that as a child, you had that vulnerability, and it was taken advantage of. And so from then on, people in their life say, well, you know what, from now on, there's only one person really going to look out for me, and you know who it is? It's me. It's me. I'll look out for me from here on out. But not only will other people let you down, but you'll let yourself down. There is a good father. And Jesus is saying, you can be vulnerable. You can bring your need before him. You can bring your care. You can bring your burden. You can bring your anxiety about tomorrow. You can bring your financial situation. You can bring your relational situation. And you can not only be vulnerable with him, but you can trust him. That he will handle your soul with care and compassion. All I can think of, and this just came to me now, is the, the thought of, has anybody ever rescued a little baby bird? Anybody ever done that? Any people with heart in here? Not cold-blooded? Something that a lot of children in their childhood, that's an experience they have rescued. Maybe it wasn't a bird, maybe it was a kitten, something like that. And you see that helpless little animal. And how, how did you pick that little, little bird or that little kitten up? With, oh, the most careful and delicate of hands. And you brought it to a safe place. And you put it just where it was completely safe and out of reach of anything that would hurt it. And you cared for it. Those are the hands of our Father. So please don't get the impression. We've spoken the last few weeks about our duty as Christians and what we are supposed to do. And, but, but listen, we are just broken people, sinful people, following a perfect Savior. And anything good that's going to be accomplished in our lives it's going to be because of his grace and his care as he sends the gifts our ways. 
It was simple when we sang these songs as children. If you grew up in a junior church or Sunday school like, like me, we, we would sing this song. The blessings will come down as... Does anybody know how the song goes? <laughs> Cal knows that I see some of you are like, you never sang that song. The blessings come down as the prayers go up. And you just believe that as a kid, that as the prayers go up, the blessings of God will come down. He hears. Jesus, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. If you knock, the door's going to be opened. But oh, the devil just wants us to just, yes, go ahead, pray, 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 but now go work, because it's up to you. No, we receive from the hands of a good father. Have you just enjoyed your Christian faith? You get, we all have ministries, I mean, um, struggles that are unique to us. Like you may have come to church today, and we're here to worship and serve God but there, and, and, and love Him and, and praise Him, but there's something else completely different on your mind. And you couldn't even enjoy the worship today. And I'm not criticizing you, I'm, I'm empathizing with you, because I've been there too. You couldn't even enjoy the singing of the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs today because of some anguish or distraction in your soul and in your spirit. It's because we're not receiving what God's doing in the moment. So as I, met, I thought about all this, and, and, and again, this, this might not be the best put together sermon, but as that gentleman said to me this week, he said, I think a lot of Christians are good at asking and bad at receiving. I thought, you know what? Yeah, I needed to hear that. And I think there's probably someone in here that needed to hear that too. So then what happens? Well, this is really cool what happens next. Then, Jesus says, we'll be able to express his love to other people. Look how he follows it up in verse number 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. We call that the golden rule, don't we? For this is the law and the prophets. Did you notice here that grace is the starting point of obedience? He just spent all those verses saying, you've received, you've received, you've received love, you've received gifts, you've received grace from God, you've received, you've received, you've received. Now go and do for others what you would want done for you. Why? Because who has done all for us? Our Father. God has. And from that place, now I serve. Now I give. Now I minister. Now I spend my physical and emotional resources for the good of other people. Why? Because I am abundantly loved and abundantly blessed. Has God been good to you, friends? His goodness, we sang about it. His goodness is what is this? It's running after us. It's chasing us. Surely, where do you say, is that biblical? Yeah, it's from Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. The goodness of God. From that goodness, 
My life can be transformed by the unmatched love of Jesus. Do you know why? Do you know why so many Christians don't do anything good for anybody else? Is it because they're especially rotten people? Selfish people? No. It's not. In fact, there's no Christian who's better than any other Christian. We believe that, right? There's nothing that makes one Christian better than another. Can I give you one reason why Christians, some Christians, are not doing any good for anyone else? Because they've stopped receiving from the Lord. They've stopped receiving good things. You cannot, you cannot be fully receiving all of the grace of God and not spread that love to people around you. It can't happen. However, if your Christianity has become a works and reward system where you say, well, I put in my time. I put in my money. I put in my Bible reading. I put in all these things, and so God, look at what I'm doing. I'm doing all the things you told me to do. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You know how you'll start to look at other people? Like a Pharisee. We'll look at people judgmentally. In fact, we, we, we missed it in this very passage. We skipped over the first uh, five verses where it says, Judge not that you be not judged. Interesting that that's in there. I'd encourage you to, we're moving fast through Matthew, so I'd encourage you to spend some time on that on your own. But when we begin to think that this life is, this Christian life is up to us and our performance and our abilities, we will really start to compare ourselves with other people. But when we realize that freely we have received and freely we give, wow, that can change your attitude, your home, can change the spirit of a church. When a church is made up of people that are just receiving good things from the Lord. Why? Because what Jesus is leading to, and you've got to understand, in the Sermon on the Mount, and in, in what we're reading in Matthew, this is all going to lead up to the cross. We understand that, right? Like Jesus doesn't talk about the cross here, but that's not because the gospel's not part of this. It's because it hasn't happened yet. It's because he's not ready to reveal that yet. He's teaching them about how things are different in his kingdom. He's teaching them about the life of total reliance on him and the joy of following him. But it's, we know this is all going to be made possible because Jesus, in just a few years, or a couple of years from when this teaching was given. He's going to go to the cross. and He's going to give his life. He's going to pay for our sins. He's going to give everything he has for us. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8. As the Apostle Paul links these truths to the gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Look what it says in Romans 8. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? But why? That's a nice, go ahead back, don't go yet. This is a great statement. 
If God be for us, who can be against us? But how can you know that God is for you? How can you know that he really is the loving father? How can you know that any of this is really true? Why? He answers it in verse 32. This is why. Because he spared not, who? His own son. But delivered him up for us all. And if Jesus would give you and me everything on the cross, if he would give us everything on the cross, well, why would we think he wouldn't take care of everything else? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The Christian message is not a message of debt and reward. It's a message of grace through faith. God offers us the gift of salvation freely. In fact, if you're in here this morning, or if you're watching this message this morning, if you have never received Jesus Christ by faith, that's the most important thing. That's the starting point of your Christian life. That's how you can know that you have salvation. If you want to know that when you die, you would be in heaven, you can leave that verse back up. It's, I, I, I want to see it again. Verse number, verse number 32. You can know for sure that you can go to heaven, not because of anything you've done, but because God sent Jesus, His own Son. He delivered Him up for us all. Jesus died for you. He died for me. Have you ever received His gift of salvation? You can't be good enough. You can't go to church often enough. You can't be religious enough. The Bible says that all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Have you ever done that? If not, in a minute I'll give you the opportunity to do that. But if you have done that, if you've received the gift of salvation, there are other gifts that God is ready to hand you this morning. The question is, are you in a position to receive them? Do you believe that the prayer's already been answered? Do you believe that the situation has already been worked out? Could you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? We're going to have a quiet moment right now. If we can be still and not, and not move around, that would, be, that would be wonderful. This is just a focused moment of the service. Is there anybody here that's never received God's gift of salvation? If you never have, or if you're not sure that you have, you can do that right now. You can pray a simple prayer like this. In your seat, in your car, at your computer, wherever you might even be watching this, you can simply pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I know that I'm a sinner and you died for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I'm putting my faith in you to save me. I don't trust myself. I'm trusting Jesus in you and you alone. Right now. If you've never had that moment with Christ, if you've never given your heart to Him in that way, you can do that right now. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I receive your free gift of salvation. Now, for those of us who, we have done that, how many of you would say this morning that God spoke to your heart about 
something specific. You know what it is, that he's, he's already answered the prayer and you just need to believe it. You need to receive it. Thank you. See a hand. Praise God. You say, yes, he's spoken to my heart. Well, right now as the piano softly plays, it's a time for you to pray, to re-express your faith to him. To tell him again that you are, you are asking and you believe that you'll receive. You are seeking and you, you believe that you'll find. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Lord, I don't know how you spoke to each heart today, but I believe that you did. I believe that I gave the message you desired for me to give. So I trust that, Lord, you did the work that only you could do. Maybe there's someone that's still struggling with their assurance of salvation. I pray that they'd find that and settle that. Maybe there's somebody with a heavy burden here this morning and they just need to surrender that to you. Pray that they would. Lord, we do love you and praise you. As we sing this song, Lord, I pray that it would come from just trusting and believing hearts. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.